Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I am so grateful to have you join us today. As we embark on this journey together, it really means a lot to me that you're here. And today's episode is going to be a really fun one. This week, we're talking to Whitney Gonzalez. She is an influencer coach, social media strategist, and the host of the Develop Your Dream podcast. Whitney and I have actually known each other for a few years now. We crossed paths in two different worlds, our blogging lives and our nine to five public relations lives. And I've had such a blast collaborating with her on projects over the years, and I can speak firsthand to her skills as an influencer coach. So just a few months ago, I actually participated in her first influencer excellence challenge. I got to meet some really incredible content creators, and I was finally able to really hunker down to start working toward creating this podcast. It had been in the works for a long time, and working with Whitney finally inspired me to just get started on it. So it was such a blast to get to catch up with Whitney on this week's episode. We talked about her journey from blogger to influencer coach, the power of creating community, transitioning from a nine to five to owning your own business, and how each of us can take our brands to the next level. So I'm going to stop talking and without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Hey, Valerie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be a guest on your podcast. So my name is Whitney Gonzalez. I have lived in Orlando most of my life, but recently relocated to Salt Lake City. I am an influencer coach and social media manager. I actually started my own business last summer, and it's been just amazing how I've been able to basically do a lot more of what I want. I've been doing social media for the past 10 years or so, and I naturally just started doing more influencer marketing as the industry evolved. So I've just found a passion in that, and I'm trying to chase that as much as possible. So we met kind of in the intersection of our lives as bloggers and as PR professionals in our nine to fives. How did you first enter the blogging world and social media? So this is kind of interesting because my career, I believe, has evolved with social media. So things changed as businesses adopted different strategies um, for social and marketing. So I actually went to college for PR and journalism. And then my first job was at an agency where we essentially helped brands become their own media outlet. So I worked on the PlayStation blog team and Disney Parks blog team. So they would break news on there and we just kind of help coordinate the blog as a central hub for their marketing in this area of the business. So um, what was interesting about that is that instead of them relying on media to break their stories, they would break the stories and then the media would come to the blog. Um, So it was really revolutionary and something that I still believe is really authentic. Um, And I was just a a big fan of that. And then I always wanted to do more writing and I was always into cars because my dad is a mechanic, also a race car driver. Um, So I started doing car blogging with 
someone named Melanie Batinchuk. She had a blog called Be Car Chic. So that was a really cool gig. I would get a car to review every week. And then I would just write blog posts about it. Also got to do like some really awesome like test drive trips as part of that. And uh, eventually after that kind of phased out, I got a more demanding nine to five. And I just started to, I decided to start my own blog. I uh, started my blog CityWit. It started being a travel and local Orlando blog. And I feel like that kind of sparked out of a big trip that I took in 2015. So this was a trip that I won to Germany. So it was this crazy like Facebook contest. And so many people had to like vote for me every single day. I still like can't believe that I won that. So I had to blog on behalf of the German tourist board. So that was kind of a big motivator for me. And that did really spark my travel bug too. So I think that's, you know, essentially the whole story of how I got into blogging and, you know, how CityWit became a thing. That is so cool. I didn't know that about the trip to Germany. And I mean, that's a really great way to kind of launch, you know, a travel blog is with a trip like that. So that's really incredible. Yeah. And like when you, when you, because it was a month long contest. So when you have this month of like constant support from your community and like people who like, are not going to get anything from supporting you just here rooting for you. That was enough uh, motivation for me to be like, Hey, like maybe they'll care about all this other cool things I do, you know? Absolutely. And I know for you, community is always a big thing, you know, in all, you know, you've always talked about collaboration over competition and things like that. How have you been able to spark that community? Well, I think everything good, has come from community. So um, maybe it's a sense of like, everyone wants to find a place to belong. Um, When I lived in Orlando, I felt like I just was very plugged in in different aspects. And I felt like a lot of what I was learning as a citizen of Orlando could be beneficial to others, especially when I worked in local government. I didn't know a thing about voting for like local elections or anything like that. So I feel like a lot of that knowledge was something that I could um, help others, you know, become an active voter. And something as simple as that, just the thought that you can help somebody and that builds community in itself. So you essentially are serving people with what you know. And I feel like that has um, kind of built community in my life because if I help one person, they're probably going to continue that message and, you know, pay it forward and help someone else. So um, that has been kind of like a, I guess, like a deeply ingrained way that I uh, build community, but also um, I really like, I guess, connecting people. So I had a little meetup going on for about two years in Orlando called Right Night. And there was no agenda. We would just get together to be in community and work on whatever we were working on. So um, it's just nice to know, like, you're not alone. And, you know, a lot of other people are in the same situation as you. um, And that a lot of people just genuinely want to support you. I think that's so powerful right now, too. I mean, we're more isolated in a lot of ways right now, just because we can't, you know, do quite as many activities as we did before. We can't see people in person the same way. And so I think Um, you know, fostering that sense of community is just so important, especially 
you know, as people are experiencing that anxiety and that loneliness and all of that, and just bringing people together, they can help one another and you feel better when you help someone else. I truly believe that. Yeah. And then, um, it always comes back around too. So for example, like I spent all these years building community and, you know, all these different jobs, always treating people well and just, you know, helping people, building relationships. When I started my business last year, most of my business had come and still comes from referrals because people know me and for some reason they like me and they want to connect me and help me succeed. So just the whole like process of it coming back around and just having gratitude for, you know, like how people are truly like amazing and really want to help each other. I really do believe that. And, you know, in my experience, you've always been very authentic. You've always been willing to help and to share your experiences and you're knowledgeable. Um, and, you know, as a coach, you are helping people every day in what you're doing. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about that, how you made the jump from influencer to influencer coach and some of the lessons you were able to take with you in helping others. Yeah, so I just felt like I was in a unique position. Obviously, influencer marketing as an industry is relatively new. My background in public relations and hiring influencers myself, coupled with the knowledge I gained as a blogger and getting hired you know, by brands to create campaigns, I felt like the knowledge of both of those, very limited people had that. So I felt like I had an edge and there was a gap that I could fill in the market. So um, I'm a firm believer, as we discussed briefly, that, you know, I, I like sharing my knowledge because I feel like my journey has a purpose so I can help someone else along, you know. So that was kind of my thinking when I decided to become an influencer coach. And I feel like a big driver, too, was that I could help people essentially transform their lives because some people have been on Instagram for years, but have never seen a dime from it. But by me teaching them what I've learned about how to make it a business, they could essentially like send their kids to college or um, I don't know, like support their family, retire their husband. Like those <laughs> things are all very possible. So um, that was just one of the big motivators for me. And then just while I started testing the waters, doing beta programs and things like that, I just saw everyone's eyes light up and they didn't know all the things I knew, you know, how sometimes we just think that people just know everything we know because it comes naturally to us. So just seeing that and like seeing people actually try new things and be successful was a motivator for me. Like, hey, I need to find ways to do more of this. So that's where I am right now. That's awesome. And I'm sure that had to be a major transition too from going from, you know, that nine to five to having your own business and, you know, working for yourself. How was that transition for you? It was very liberating, but it was also tough to go from just having a very structured schedule to being completely responsible for what you do with those 40 hours or more a week. Um, so at first I struggled trying to stick to the nine to five and like force myself to work the traditional eight hours. But it wasn't until I decided that as humans, we're probably not supposed to be, you know, behind the desk for eight hours straight. And we should probably work with our creativity, work with our flows. So 
I believe every person has a flow. Like obviously some people are more morning person. Some people will stay up till 3 a.m. creating something. And I just had to define that for myself. So I don't start working until 10 a.m. And I won't check my emails either. And that's just like a personal boundary that I had to set. Um, so I could take care of myself before I started becoming reactive to take care of everyone else. Um, and that was something that's hard because, you know, when you work a full-time job, you just feel this like huge responsibility to be so reactive to every single thing. And like, we're literally afraid to miss an email that maybe wasn't even that important. So I did struggle at first with um, just kind of redefining the possibilities and what I actually did throughout my workday. Um, and I also had to learn that I am more than my productivity. So my worth is not in how much work I got done today. So those were all very hard lessons to learn, but literally life-changing. That's something I've struggled with as well, especially in the transition from, you know, working in the office every single day to working from home the last six months. I'm loving setting my schedule a little bit more and having that flexibility, but for a long time, I did kind of struggle with, you know, hey, I wasn't that productive today. There was a lot going on. And of course, we're in a pandemic and kind of reframing those thoughts a little bit to realize, you know, yeah, that's not my worth. It just yeah. has to do with how productive I was that day. And, you know, it's not going to be the same every day, but it doesn't have to do with who I am as a person or, um, you know, the value I bring. And so I think that's a really important lesson that a lot of people really need to hear. Yes, for sure. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of content creators and entrepreneurs who may be listening to this episode who may want to take their business to the next level or they may be starting out. What, you know, what lessons do you have? What advice do you have for those who are looking to start building their brand online? That is a really good question. I would say just try to be as authentic as possible. And I know that sounds pretty cliche, but you know, a lot of times when we're learning something, we tend to model after someone else. Like maybe this is what all the travel bloggers are doing or posting. Um, but always find a way to put your spin on it. Nobody has your sauce. So if you see something, you know, it's great to be inspired by things, but what can I add to this? Like what special talent, perspective, or gift have I been given? that this other person doesn't have and like maybe can add to the conversation. So that's how I try to approach everything. Again, like our experience, you know, no one has our exact experience. So if you've experienced something different, I mean, chances are people can relate, but um, your story is valuable. So I would always just think of ways to incorporate that. And when it comes to being a brand online, also remember that we're relating to individuals. So people will connect with individuals more than your blog's name or more than your brand's name. So if you can get really personal and, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people, people will trust you more and that will lead to the success of your business or brand. Definitely. And, you know, you as an influencer coach are able to help people with you know, finding that message and, you know, fostering that authenticity in their posts. Um, but a little bit more on your role as an influencer coach, what kind of services do you offer those clients? And when should someone, you know, at what point should someone consider investing in a coach? So I offer a 
range of products. So I offer a couple freebies for that beginner influencer. Um, for example, I have a freebie that's about all the influencer marketplaces that you can get gigs on. Um, so that's available. I also do Instagram challenges, like the one you participated in, the Influencer Excellence Challenge. The week-long challenge, you get to build community while learning uh, new strategies you can implement on your Instagram. I am offering group coaching. I think it's really valuable for people to not only have live coaching, but have people they can relate to, people who are in the same space as them. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who um, want that more targeted, um, they want more time to focus on their specific niche or their specific needs. I think it's great to learn as much as you can on your own. I'm a huge like Google it girl. But um, if you find yourself like you're, you're limited on time or maybe you work full time and you have a family, um, working with a coach is essentially a shortcut to acquiring the knowledge that you need. You can probably learn it on your own, but it's gonna take you a lot more time. So working with an expert who is kind of following the ins and outs of the industries has experience on what has worked and what has not worked for people she has worked with. Um, I feel like that would be something that, you know, would add a lot of value, but also help you get to the next level as an influencer. Yeah, and I think that community aspect of it was so helpful with the influencer challenge that, that you hosted that I participated in. So plug to all the listeners out there. Um, you know, I have connected with a lot of those people after the challenge was over. I actually have one coming on the podcast in a couple of mm -hmm. weeks. And um, so it really is a great way to connect, to, you know, connect with other people with maybe a similar goal. Maybe they, you know, maybe their content has a different focus, but you can still, you know, learn from each other and learn from a coach. And a lot of this stuff, you know, while it may be more intuitive if you're working in marketing or if you're working in public relations, sometimes these ideas are really not as intuitive for a lot of people. And so it really does help to have a sounding board who is professional that has that experience and can talk about, you know, what works, what doesn't just in their experience with other clients. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, it kind of just brings me back to that whole fostering community we discussed earlier, because every time I see you guys engaging with each other and supporting each other, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, that's something that I made happen. So it's really, um, it really builds the confidence and, you know, helps push some imposter syndrome aside because you're really doing something that is helping others. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the things that really just keeps me motivated. Absolutely. I think there's so much value in being a connector and, you know, in addition to the, um, you know, to the coaching, but connecting people with others who, you know, may have similar interests or similar goals. Um, I get to do a little bit of that in my day job and it really, there is a lot of value in connecting people with each other and kind of getting to play, you know, professional matchmaker a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of community. So you moved to Salt Lake city last year and you know, you've been in the Orlando community involved in a lot of different groups and organizations out there. And so moving to Salt Lake city may have been a big change for you. And I'd love to know about how you've been able to foster community since you've moved out there. And especially, you know, while you're new to a place during a pandemic. 
Yeah, it's definitely been different. So in Orlando, I basically thrived on local meetups and, you know, organizing my own meetups and going to different community meetings and stuff like that. And that's obviously not happening as much. But the first thing I did when I knew the decision was final, I was moving, was go on Facebook and find a bunch of groups. So I found a Utah bloggers group, like Salt Lake City influencers. I also found a Salt Lake City Young Professionals group. So um, here and there, I've tried to meet people that way. Um, I'm actually going to a socially distanced dinner with the Young Professionals group tonight. Um, But yeah, just meeting some people, even if it was like a virtual Zoom meeting, it just helps so much because just feeling, because I moved here, love this place, but also you really don't feel like you belong if you don't, you're not plugged into the community in some way, form or fashion. Um, I also have used Bumble BFF to make a couple friends and I've actually made um, at least two good friends um, off of that app. So it's been good so far, but obviously have not made as much progress on the community front as, if, as much as I would have without COVID going on. I do think that the internet can be your best friend sometimes with, you know, with being in a new area or wanting to meet a different, you know, set of people. And I've, you know, I've been curious about Bumble BFF, so I may have to, you know, toggle that and um, try that out. Yeah, just to meet, you know, meet some new people. And I think everything will still be online for a little longer or very socially distanced, but Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, you know, meetup and Facebook groups and things like that, there really are some great things out there. So it's, it's still difficult, but it's easier <laughs> to connect with new people when you are in a new place. Yeah, and I'm definitely still connected with a lot of people back home. I mean, we're talking right now, mm-hmm. I try to schedule, I, I mean, it, as silly as it sounds, I have to like put calls with my friends on my calendar it really helps even though it's like we have like a recurring invite on the calendar and maybe we don't use it every time but just the fact that we have it on the calendar lets us connect more so FaceTime Zoom have been my best friends Um, and really like even though we can't be you know in each other's presence that face-to-face connection really helps a lot definitely you know this is a difficult time but I've always said that at least it is happening in a time where we are more connected than ever. I can be talking to you in Salt Lake city and, you know, you can connect with people across the world and having these video platforms and everything that that is, you know, at our fingertips, it is definitely easier to stay connected. And I think it's going to make us value the face to face even more when we're able to get back out and see our large groups and travel a little more. Oh God, miss travel. But yeah, imagine if we had to like write each other letters to connect and that's Mm -hmm. all. (laughs) Yes. I'll send you a carrier pigeon to see if you want to be on my podcast. Yes. Hedwig. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I wish that would, right. I would send send letters by Al. That, that would be totally fine, but goals. And I do love snail mail in this time. I think any way that we can stay connected with one another and I do have um, a friend where there was, you know, a specific time on Wednesdays where we kind of had a standing FaceTime call and it didn't always happen, but that was a really nice way to kind of break up the week a little bit and to know, you know, and we actually, maybe we're seeing each other more on FaceTime than we were in person for a while. And so 
it does give us the opportunity a little more, but I think that community is just so important. Yep. So I've definitely also been sending a lot more um, like greeting cards, even if it's like a birthday or when we work together, I sent a little postcard out to the challenge participants. So um, it's just nice. And also, you know, support USPS. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> I just got a ton of stamps in the mail and, you know. I have a ton of Scooby-Doo stamps. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I broke out the, um, some of the spooky stamps. Um, yes, I'm very excited. I'm pumped for Halloween. <laughs> you know, I saw Christmas lights for the first time yesterday, like oh in my, my building. Someone put up Christmas lights and I'm like, hey, more power to you. <laughs> yeah, I will celebrate any holiday at any time at this point. <laughs> All of them at once because yes, 2020. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> So in addition to your coaching and all that you're doing in the community, um, you also host a podcast, Develop Your Dream. You tackle personal development topics from a minority perspective. Tell me a little more about your podcast and why it's so important to be amplifying diverse voices through your platform. That's a really good question, Valerie. Um, coming from, my family is from Puerto Rico. so moving to the states and you know being exposed to a new community new language new type of people um the first thing you do is try to assimilate right so you just try to do whatever you can to fit in to learn everything you're supposed to know so you're not different um but then something that i've learned throughout my life and you know more recently than anything else is that our stories really do matter. And something I say to someone or something that I experience um, just by me being vulnerable and sharing that can be something that someone uses to essentially survive. So because they see that someone else who looks like them or maybe has a similar experience to them survived a certain scenario, um, they have that confidence to, you know, stick around and make it a reality. So um, also, I just feel like celebrating who we are as, you know, people of color, minorities, Hispanics. Also, um, you know, those stories are worth being told and, you know, just celebrating who we are. So it's kind of a mix of all that, but also learning a lot about self-development, how there's not something that has to be wrong with you to go to therapy or you're not the only one who feels like an outcast or maybe you have experienced depression and you feel like that's just something that's wrong with you. Um, so on the podcast, I really bring on guests who can be very like raw and honest about their journey and just help people feel like they belong while also celebrating who we are. Like our experiences make us who we are. So just by having the podcast, I feel like that's me saying, hey, my voice matters. So that's kind of why, you know, I'm glad I finally found my voice and am not afraid to use it. You can't shut me up now. <laughs> that's awesome. And I know I really enjoy your podcast as well. And I think yeah. that, yeah, I think it's just such a great platform. And I've learned a lot just from listening. I would love to know um, for our listeners, what are a few self-development topics that they can expect to find? 
We have a great episode with my therapist, Jamie Lacey, talking about how to survive a pandemic. So that's something that we published pretty early on this year. Um, but I think now that it's been six months, it's probably a good time to refer back to that. Um, we've also talked about finances and how that can affect our well-being. We also had a great guest, Karen Allen, who talked about overcoming grief and how you can grow through it. So there are also a lot of my solo episodes where I talk through like five ways to have a great morning routine or a bedtime routine. So there are different episode lengths. So if you have 15 minutes, there'll be an episode for you. If you have 40 minutes, there'll be an episode for you. Um, but yeah, so it's always a way to learn um, through human connection and human stories. Definitely. And I know I really enjoyed your episode with your therapist as well. I think that, you know, even though it's getting to be a little bit more mainstream now, I think there's always been, you know, that stigma against, you know, getting help for, you know, anything with your mental health. And I think people think you have to be at a breaking point to go and talk to somebody. And it's just not the case. You can have someone that can kind of be that other perspective to kind of walk you through things, give you a different way of looking at things and, you know, help you to kind of set your priorities and your goals and, you know, help you through, you know, different things going on in your life without it being at a breaking point, but truly that, you know, you need just a, a little bit of help sometimes. And I think, you know, getting rid of that stigma is so important, especially right now. I think people are experiencing more anxiety and depression probably than ever. Addiction is probably worse right now being, you know, at home and not having access to the same, you know, resources and support. And so I think you're covering some really great topics there and shedding some light that people need to see for sure. Yeah. And then to add to that, um, therapy is not just you, you know, running your mouth about something mm -hmm. that's going on. So you're working with someone who is a professional and they can identify things that maybe you don't see. Like maybe they can identify the root cause of why you keep self-sabotaging or why you find yourself in the same difficulties over and over. So I think the biggest thing for me in therapy was kind of realizing that I am not crazy and that yes. this is thing that these are things that people go through and we can get through it. Definitely. I, you know, it's funny. I saw something on Instagram or Twitter the other day and you might've been the one to share it. I cannot remember where exactly I saw it, but it was asking about, you know, some people may ask, you know, why can't you talk to a partner about these things going on in your yep, life? That was me. Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> and, um, you know, because the therapist is a professional and they can, you know, really help you look at things in a different way. And, as you yeah, said, they you know, can, yeah, they can make a, they can help you make a plan to recovery mm -hmm. or to healing. Um, and it also said psychology is a science. So it's not yeah. just us, you know, chatting about. Yeah, they can, you know, find those patterns of the things that we're doing. Cause sometimes I don't know that something that I'm doing in my work life is very similar to a problem I'm having in my personal life and things that I continue to do. And you know, right. having someone to point those out and kind of talk through, you know, how can, how can I identify them in the future? What are some things I can do moving forward? 
that's really impactful. And it, getting past that stigma and just accepting the help and talking to someone who really knows, I think is so important. Yep. So I would like to dive into some rapid fire questions if you would like to. Um, yes. These are always fun. I love um, always getting to know our guests a little bit better with, um, with some of these questions. So my first is, what is your top wellness tip? Journal. It's amazing for, you know, just understanding who you are, what your thoughts really are, and just allowing yourself to essentially let your mind run mm. just is an ultimate form of self-care. I don't know if you were looking for like long answers or short answers. No, that's perfect. Um, Yeah, I love, you know, I started keeping a journal in quarantine and I really want to continue it. I'm not in the best routine with keeping it, but I do like kind of reading back sometimes on where I was at on a particular day. And I think especially right now and in these weird times where there's really no end date, it's it's nice to get your thoughts out on paper and, you know, some days are really great and some days are just, you know, I think they, they talk about mood swings being more of a factor these days and, you know, being able to kind of, you know, write things down and have that therapeutic experience from that. And so I think that's great tip. Yeah. Reading back too um, helps you know you're not being irrational. So like maybe if you are wondering if something is truly going south or if, you know, someone is actually like maybe not a good friend, like you can go back Mm -hmm. and see all those patterns and like, oh, you know, I'm not just making this up. Like Mm -hmm. here is the evidence. And you can also see how much you've grown from a certain low. So it's all fantastic. I love that. You get receipts. Yes. (laughs) All right. Where is your favorite travel destination? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I will have to say Norway. I loved seeing that on your blog. I was going to answer that for you if you didn't answer that one. It was was just magical. I went to the Arctic Circle, got to hang out with reindeer and see the Northern Lights. It was just like nothing I've ever experienced before. That's incredible. That is on my bucket list for sure. I really miss getting on an airplane and seriously. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh gosh. Hmm. I've always struggled with relating to an animal. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would probably be a dog to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just so great and they're just so intuitive and supportive. I say this as my dog is staring at me right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, really love dogs and they're just that that constant companion. So I can definitely relate to that. Awesome. What is your number one favorite show to binge? (gasps) Okay, I don't watch a lot of TV, but right now I'm stuck on how to get away with murder. So good. Yes. So I'm on, I think I'm on the end of season five. Um, And like Nate Leahy is my imaginary boyfriend. Um, But yeah, not excited for this show to run out on me. (laughs) No. And and they're always throwing some emotional wrench into something. That last season is going to be a real, 
it looks like somebody dies, but it's never quite what it looks like. And yeah, I have to pace myself with that show for sure, because it does take like an emotional toll <laughs> Yes, going on, but you know, it's just great. I live for that, that stuff. And Nately, he is really good looking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I have a problem. <laughs> well, I won't spoil anything for you, but Thank definitely you. keep watching. I will. <laughs> and sort of related, what is your favorite quarantine activity? My favorite quarantine activity, probably doing Zumba all alone in the living room. My friend Elena <laughs> has virtual Zumba. So every weekend she has a video for us to do and, you know, just dancing it out for an hour is amazing. And you don't feel like you're working out. And then after the fact, you just feel so good. Like you just had so much fun and it was exercise and it was with a dear friend of mine. So that's probably one of my favorites right now. That's awesome. I've loved dancing in quarantine. Yes. So many, it really is. It's a great workout, but it doesn't really, I mean, you're exhausted maybe, but you know, it's, it doesn't feel quite like a workout. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm watching her do it. So it's not just me crazily dancing by myself. Yes. I've done that too. So no judgment if you have. (laughs) Right. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your experiences with us. Um, Now tell our listeners where they can find you. For sure. The best place to find me is on Instagram. So it's instagram.com slash city.wit. That's C-I-T-Y dot W-H-I-T. You can also find me at WhitneyGonzalez.co. And that is a Z at the end. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And we will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. This was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's conversation with Whitney. We talk a lot about authenticity in this episode. I think it's the key word of the episode, but it really does go a long way in shaping who you are and how you can connect with others. I know that I was personally able to take away a lot of really great tips from our interview this week. If you would like to connect with Whitney, maybe get some influencer coaching from her, I've linked all of her information in the show notes. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe, rate and review so that others can find the show. And I would love it if you could share this episode to your Instagram stories, tag me at wellness and wanderlust blog, and let me know what resonated with you. If you have a guest or topic you'd like to see, don't be shy. You can DM me on Instagram or drop me a line at Valerie at wellness and wanderlust.net. I can't wait to see you next week.